Welcome to the Community Podcast, brought to you by the Community Paper. Since 1989, the Community Paper has been sharing good news happening in downtown Orlando and College Park. Your hosts for the show are Orlando native and the paper's publisher, Debbie Gunter, and Orlando transplant and managing editor, Tommy Cardinal. Welcome back to the Community Podcast. I'm Debbie Gunter. It's great to have Tommy back with us this week. He was, you were really sick. I was like um, sick, mildly sick for a long time. It was a weird thing. I was like, I was never like dying or bedridden, but. It just lasted way too long. It just lasted too long. Did you just want to play video games for a while? No. I mean, yes, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just, first I thought it was covid because it was like a weird sickness, so I didn't want to infect anyone. And then I got the test results saying it wasn't COVID, so. Well, we're glad you're better. Yeah. We missed you. Thanks. Our I'm produce- glad to be back. You guys did a great job without me. Logan's amazing. He should be a regular. He's, I mean, we should just have him come in every other episode or something just as a South Downtown update. Yeah, he's Because he's... He's on point with his segues, and he's a good speaker. Yeah. He is. So if you missed any of that, I think a lot of the uh, content from that episode is still pretty pertinent. You can go back and listen to episode 17. Well, this is a a good way to bring up our CP interview for November. I know it wasn't on our script or anything, but... um, Oh, yeah. We started doing uh, Meet the Contributor CP interviews, where we're going to be talking to our area contributors to sort of like get to know the person that's writing about your area. So Logan has been doing the South downtown area for since, since we started the community paper. So like a year and a half now, but he was with the downtown community paper too. Mm -hmm. So our CP interview this month is Logan Lamphere. All right. Give us a little tidbit. Well, something to look forward to reading about. You're going to learn about South Dakota. We talk only about South Dakota the whole time. I'm just kidding. Um, So he goes from South Dakota to South downtown. Wow. Boom. Yeah, I'd never met anyone from South Dakota Mm -hmm. before Logan. I feel like there's like a running joke where people pretend like the Dakotas aren't a real place. But but we have firsthand experience. It's very real or else we wouldn't have Logan. Unless he's a figment of our imagination. Or he made up South Dakota. Maybe he's in in the uh, conspiracy to make people think it's real. Yeah, could be. But I don't know. I've seen pictures. He goes there every year or somewhere. He goes somewhere every year. But he he talked about... um, So he lives in Thornton Park... And um, Thornton Park is one of those neighborhoods that he's very involved in the Thornton Park neighborhood. He does the uh, newsletter. um, And he got started with us with the downtown community paper because he um, wanted to like he likes to do journalism as a way to like educate. Um, Mm -hmm. He said that um, he feels like even if some of the topics he talks about are dry, they're important and that he does it as a way to educate his neighbors because he's really involved with the neighborhood and um he was talking about how thornton park was really one of the first neighborhoods that were rejuvenated Mm -hmm. um which i can't speak to because i wasn't here but apparently like all the neighborhoods weren't uh like downtown neighborhoods weren't organized or um as vibrant as they are now so thornton park was one of the first ones um 
But yeah, we talked about a lot. We talked about um, his experience. He used to go to Pulse, and now he's covering Pulse. So it's like, um, and as a gay man, it's like poignant and mm-hmm. important in that way. Um, talked a little bit about his little French bulldog, Beauregard, who's adorable. He's in the picture. Um, but yeah, it's a good way to get to know the contributors, I think, because it's sort of like, why do you write about what you write about? Right. Because um, I, I think each of our writers has interests that they seem to gravitate toward for mm-hmm. what they cover. Um, Logan's really into schools and education and transportation and urbanism. Um, yeah, he's a great addition to the paper. Yeah, and he's really into the smart growth, so mm-hmm. new urbanism and all that kind of thing. So you, you could see him write about things like that and understand why. Because he, he was talking about how he grew up in South Dakota and um, he grew up watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and he was Aww. jealous because he didn't have any neighbors. He Aww. lived in a ranch in South Dakota, so he, he was like, wow, that's a whole new world, having neighbors. Aww, that's which neat. is something you don't think about, but... Um, now he lives in a downtown neighborhood, and he likes it. So Can't wait to read the interview. It's great. And the as always, the online edition will be longer than the print edition. So even if you read it in the paper, if you want to learn more, go to our website. Yourcommunitypaper.com. There's the plug. Good job. Nice. Our producer, Nick, is here with us today as well, which obviously because... Yeah, you've been hearing my voice We don't know how time. to do this. and I hit record, and then I hit stop. That's what I do. <laughs> There's oh, a little hey, more behind maybe the we don't need him. Yeah, okay. All. See you, Nick. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so since we met last time, we held a focus group, which was just amazing. A bunch of folks came down. We had dinner and drinks at Dubstred up in the golf, um, the golf course clubhouse up there. And um, the readers answered a ton of questions about the paper and offered some incredible suggestions and insight and um so that was super great and i'm excited to take what i learned from that and from our reader surveys that have been going on as we plan 2022 always trying to evolve and bring people what they want to read about so that was super fun um that's one of the things i appreciate about working for the paper and on this podcast is you know, listening to people and what they want is mm-hmm. so important. And, you know, not just doing the same thing over and over again because right. it worked once is you have to evolve and you have to listen to people. And, um, you know, you don't have to wait for a reader survey. You don't have to be part of a focus group. If you want to just reach out and let us know what you'd like to hear more of, what do you think might be a good story, feel free to reach out. Well, and it was um, interesting what I kept hearing over and over were a few things that people miss from um, back when it was just the College Park paper. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, it was so, so valuable to get get all of that insight. So looking forward to hunkering down and planning some changes for 2022. Yeah, nice. we're always open to feedback. So, Well, let's talk about what's on the newsstands right now, what people can get out at a number of local businesses in the downtown, south downtown, College Park areas is the November issue. Yes, and it is chock full of... Does that make me sound old? Chock full? I always wondered what that meant, (laughs) chock. It's spelled C-H-O-C-K. Just 
just filled with filled to the brim. I'm showing my oh, age. Um, yeah, that's another one. <laughs> uh, anywho, it is crunked out. <laughs> is that still a thing? I don't think that. Okay, was ever wait. Time out. Last weekend, my 32 year old daughter and I were laughing so hard when she was in middle school. She took this puff paint and made this cup it was like a like a big margarita glass and it said crunk on it and i'm like what in the i actually do now that i think about it, i do remember the word crunk. and she didn't know what it meant when nice. she made it and then i looked it up somehow i don't know how and found out and i was appalled and i was worried oh my gosh am i middle schoolers getting crazy drunk and <sighs> no she didn't even know what the word meant but any anyway all um, right so we there are so many events happening again it's been so fun finally to get out there and mix and mingle and see people having fun yeah that was our um that seemed to be a big focus on the november edition was the return of events and um, we did a lot of photo galleries that we weren't able to do in a long time we had out and about photo galleries for the first time and um it's fun to go back to the events but um what I've noticed is that it's also like essential for the mm-hmm. for the um, organizations that uh, put out these events and organize them. Um, like for example, you went to Taste the College Park, and yeah. that's the Rotary of College Parks' big fundraiser of the year. It's where they get a majority of their money each right. year. They do the silent auction, and um, the restaurants support them by going out and giving out food and drinks um Mm -hmm. and there were some it was a great turnout i think it was at uh the tap room and they went inside and outside and the uh, silent auction was awesome there were some cool things um but they nick you covered it Uh, yeah there was about 250 people typically it's a little smaller than you know past years for a lot of reasons but they were so happy with the turnout and what happened um and uh they were telling me in the story that i wrote i put uh, a little bit of this detail in there they were telling me that a lot of the restaurants had already paid their sponsorships two years ago oh. right so this was mm-hmm. supposed to happen in 2020 so then they pushed it to spring of 2021 and then uh they kept having to push it so they actually used a lot of that money to buy uh, uh gift certificates from the restaurants from the same restaurants who sponsored and gave those to principals of local schools in College Park so they could give them out to needy families and needy staff. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Really That's cool, great. Yeah. So they ended up with about, I, I, they mentioned about $20,000. Typically, this event, you know, raises thirty to 35000 So mm-hmm. they were still incredibly happy with that turnout of people, of the amount of money they're going to be able to give to the different organizations they support, like One Heart and... Uh, a couple of the others and themselves Dolly Parton too. Imagination. Yeah, that's yeah. a big. Thank you. Um, and Ronald McDonald House, I think, is one of their charities. So you guys read the story, and I can't, yeah. I can't remember any of it. Uh, <laughs> so then they're yeah. also going to uh, give out scholarships and things like that, the regular stuff that mm-hmm. they do as well. So the money goes towards that too. It was just nice to be back and attending that event. It just. I don't know, just felt so normal. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah, and to see people that you've only seen on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram for the last year and a half was kind of neat to see them in person. And I don't know, just a fun vibe in the air. I loved it. I think one of the uh, most like heartwarming things was the Pride Parade. Um, they had, yes, they couldn't do it in 2020. And I that. got some great photos. And it's just such a joyful event. Mm-hmm. Everybody there is happy. Nobody's like, it, it was just 
laughter and you know, a parade. It's one of the happiest things. That's and, awesome. Um, I spoke with uh, their new executive director. They didn't have an executive director before, so this is their first paid position uh, for Come Out With Pride. Okay. Um, so last year they had to readjust. They did a the pride caravan parade they couldn't do the actual parade um mm. so it was like an adjustment but it was like um it it hurt them financially because they I, I mean that costs more money than um i mean they didn't get the sponsorships that they right. would usually have so they had to still organize something and on their heels uh, come up with a celebration that's pandemic friendly and i mean it's to be able to get back out and actually do it was huge for them. Um, and they support LGBTQ um, organizations that are like lesser known, like she was talking about uh, peer support space. Um, so, I mean, they, they just not only celebrate LGBTQ, but they uh, support mm-hmm. local organizations. So all these organizations and event organizers um, really rely on it to give back to the community so last year was just so damaging and it's so great to see everything returning yeah and there are a couple of fun ones coming up too um jazz fest is coming up Mm -hmm. in college park Mm -hmm. thornton park is having their halloween block party again which Mm -hmm. sounds super fun it's from 9 p.m to 2 a.m sat this saturday october 30th um and then also ivanhoe village has jingle eve coming back in november so i think everybody's ready to get back into the the spirit of having fun and socializing and raising money for great causes. Yeah, in a, October in a safe really, way. In a safe way, yeah. And October really ramped up. Like it was uh, four or five huge events. Like mm-hmm. even ones that I didn't even like realize. I'd like noticed they blocked down Orange Avenue. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that this was happening. Like it's just like every weekend something else is happening. Immerse was amazing. Um, so there's a lot of fun photos and. Um, the holiday season always has a lot of events. Um, Jazz Fest has expanded this year, right, Nick? Yeah, I think it's going a little bit farther. There's going to be 12 bands on three different stages. And I can't remember exactly what street to what street, but if you mm-hmm. get to the corner of Edgewater and Princeton, you'll find where the entrance is going to be. And it's a big fundraiser for the College Park Main Street. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, it, just like with the Rotary, this is their biggest fundraiser. So it really hurt them last year mm-hmm. not being able to have it. So they're anxious to uh, to get this underway for sure. Another date to keep in mind is November 2nd. It's not an event, but it's uh, an important date because it's the election day for commissioners. Yes. Um, districts, they do uh, three of the districts this year, districts one, three, and five uh, for the commissioners. And we interviewed those running for district three and district five because uh, those are in our coverage area. Um so if you're listening to this before November 2nd, you should go to our website. We did question and answer interviews which with each of the candidates to get to know about them and their goals and um, what they want to do in office. Um, and also, like, what motivated them to get into politics. It's really uh, just quick Q&As to learn more about it. Maybe it'll help you make a decision. But um, we set up a section on our website where you can uh, – on the main page, you go to the news and you scroll down to 2021 commissioner 
elections. There's three people running for district three. Robert Stewart's running for re-election. Nicolette Springer. Nicolette Springer, and then Samuel Chambers. Mm -hmm. So there's three for District 3, and there's only two running for District 5, Regina Hill and Shan Rose. Thanks for doing that. That was that was great. They were very interesting. Yeah, you get to learn more about people running. Um, I think it's important for the community to District 3 and District 5 to get to know who's going to be running their districts. Absolutely. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to find out what you learned at city council. One of the premier events of the College Park Community Jazz Fest is coming back this year, Saturday, November 13th from 5 to 11 p.m. If you're not familiar with the event, it happens along Edgewater Drive. The street is closed down and there are a number of vendors, both local shops, food vendors, And then, of course, live music, 12 bands total performing on three stages along Edgewater Drive. Get your tickets early. They are $10 before the event and $15 at the gate. For more information, visit collegeparkmainstreet.com or go to Facebook and search for College Park Jazz Fest. Welcome back. Speaking of Jazz Fest, Kat Ridgway is one of the performers. Uh, I've interviewed her a few times on my own podcast, and I asked if she could donate a song for this podcast. And so stick around to the end of the episode. You can listen to that song and get a little bit of a preview of what's going to happen at Jazz Fest this year. Awesome. City Council was just this week, and yeah. you attend every time. And I do. Uh, Are you going in person yet, or do you still watch them online? Uh, I didn't go in person yesterday because we were uh, in the middle of finalizing the November edition, but um, I usually watch them online um, and follow up the commissioners if I need to. Um, but the, between the October edition and the November edition, there were two city council meetings. So there was one in late September that we couldn't put in the October edition and October 10th. Um, with some exciting things. Um, one of the biggest pieces of news is a urban park coming to Orange and Robinson. Um, and it's going to be made out of shipping containers and it's funded by the CRA. They're uh, putting 3 million into it. Um, what are they going to like? What is each shipping container going to? So it's, it's house? like, it, it's going to be a structure made out of multiple shipping containers. So it's like a park, like a playground park? No, it's it's more of like a uh, urban gathering space. Like okay. they'll, they'll have a cafe, an art gallery, and then they have they're going to have these huge video walls. So it's going to be like an artistic sort of thing. Hmm. Um, but they're going to have a cafe and hammocks, like a just a place to That's hang cool. out. That's um, cool. And there's going to be spaces for food trucks. So I think they're going to be putting on events there too. And, um, I don't know if they're going to be doing movie nights or what, but I mean, they're, Hmm. it's going to be a pretty cool thing. That's Uh, so neat. So, I mean, they have, they're going to have a gift shop and, um, an art gallery, but it's a really interesting like format. Like you've seen people, the tiny house movement, right? Where people, turn shipping containers into like apartments and link two shipping containers to make a bigger one. So they're going to be doing that with like two stories of shipping containers. And it might not actually be only shipping containers, but like based off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be a really cool thing to see. And it's um, 
right there on Orange and Robinson where there's just a field right now. So it's a good use of open space um, next to the Seacoast Bank building. Mm -hmm. Uh, They used to have a really cool mural right there on that field. Yeah, Um, the soccer mm -hmm. mural. Yep. Yeah, that was one of my favorite murals. I wish they would have kept it. But um, right there on that uh, empty space, right next to those new apartments that are being built too. So, Right across the street from the church. Yeah, the Catholic Church, yeah. so so great. It'll be very cool um, uh, to see. They just did a ribbon cutting and everything, so they'll be working on that. Uh, Also, uh, for renovations, the uh, Lake Fairview um, is looking... The city is looking to renovate Lake Fairview, and uh, at one of the recent city council meetings, they applied for a grant, uh, a matching grant. So they put away $200,000 in their budget and they have to match the grant. So um, they're going to be looking to renovate Lake Fairview soon um, where they're going to, right now it's a lake that has uh, shrubbery and plants on the shore. So Mm -hmm. you can't really reach the lake too easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to be clearing that. So it's more of a beach sort of thing. um, Like I can't, like, I can't think of another lake that's sort of like that, maybe like Park Lake, but where it's sort of like accessible where you can sit on the banks or whatever. But um, they're going to be, there's a bathhouse there. I think that's where. um, There's a softball field there, I think too, right? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be demolishing the bathhouse. They're going to be adding picnic tables, uh, picnic shelters, um, and then a sand volleyball court and a new playground. Oh, so nice. some good renovations coming just to the north of College Park at Lake Fairview. And doesn't uh, Edgewater crew mm-hmm. practice there? So that'll be good for them, too. They do. Um, and then another piece of news is that uh, in Creative Village, the Electronic Arts Building, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's uh, really cool. And they, they have this um, part on the corner of the building that looks like a picture frame. It's like where you have the office building, but then there's like this uh, rectangular shape um, where it's just like, I I guess it's just for decoration. It's just like nothing really, but it's just like a wall that's in a rectangle, but in the middle you see the office. So it's like a a picture frame and they're going to be doing a mural on that. Okay, Um, cool. And it's going to be a really interesting, they showed the concept art and we have that on our website. by a local tattoo artist. So that'll really? be yeah, nice. right there in Creative Village. They had to do a special permit because it's in Creative Village and it's going to be going taller than the allotted height normally. So um, it'll be a huge mural and a big part of the EA's new office building. And do the employees need to have that tattooed on their arms it's as well? part of the, you sign the contract and then yeah. they sign your arm with the tattoo yeah that makes sense it's part of working at ea is it is that building open are people working there now no that it's almost complete um but ea is being very cautious and workers aren't going to be coming until next year okay um but the building's pretty much done um I love all this art that's popping up all over I know orlando super cool yeah um and then uh, more action in creative village is uh Phase two is beginning, and that started with uh, the city had an agreement back when they were first doing it in, like, I guess it was, it's been a decade, like 2011, where they did the master plan. They, they had a purchase uh, 
an agreement to sell land one parcel at a time. They sold three more parcels to create a village. Um, and there's some terminology that I'm not getting exactly correct, but they're under contract for the land. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, so the create a village doesn't own it, but they're under contract for the land to develop on it. Um, but, uh, it's three parcels, and that'll be the start of phase two. So that was some big news at a city council is that fa- uh, the Creative Village Development Company is getting three new parcels that they had an agreement for earlier. I think they spent a little more than $13 million, I think $13.48 million on those three parcels. Um, so the city bought the land and c- Creative Village The city Village already is- owned the land. Okay. And they are selling the land but not really the creative village isn't going to own it they're going to be under contract for it is what they sort told of like me. a land lease it's or a land lease yeah. yeah yeah um so that they can develop the land gotcha and then this is these these three parcels are just to the west of bob car theater okay so if you um can imagine creative village where they're building the park Mm-hmm. Right, in it, right uh, under the Julian, uh, yep. they have the park coming there, and then just to the east of that, towards downtown, they're going to have these three parcels, and they're right there between the park and Bob Carr Theater. Nice. And they're going to be turning that into hotel, the first hotel in Creative Village. So that's interesting. Um, and then offices and apartments. Um, the offices and apartments will be built. Uh, together like um at the same time and the hotel will be a little after and um you can get details on all that at uh, on one of our cover stories this month is about creative village entering phase two and it's sort of just a rundown on uh all that's happened in creative village and what's coming in phase two uh now that they started it um another big part of phase two is affordable housing um which i think is really important for creative village because I think a big uh, concern for that development was was uh, gentrification and pushing people out. Um, so building affordable housing was one of the city's uh, big uh, goals of Creative Village was to have some good creative, uh, sorry, affordable housing. Um, so one of the first things was Amelia Court, which is rent controlled and it, it's based on your income how much uh rent you pay so okay. that was one of the first ones and then right next to that will be another affordable housing they're calling it the beacon um and that's going to be right where the tennis courts are right now mm-hmm. right there on the i can't remember the streets but right behind union west it's off paramore right the, mm-hmm. yeah yeah off paramore i can't remember the other cross street but right there where the tennis courts are now as you know the tennis courts are moving to the packing district right so they're going to be developing where the tennis center was into more creative more why do i keep saying affordable housing so it's so crazy to think about it seems like yesterday when i found out that creative village was coming and how exciting that the thought of it was. Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, on phase two. And it's just, it's crazy. Students are there every semester. And yeah, it's it's really been fun to watch. Yeah. Well, when you said west of the Bob Carr Auditorium, all I could think of was the arena. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, that's right. It's not that's there anymore. It's totally yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was, so 
when I was writing the story, I was looking on Google Maps to try to find out where everything was, and there was, they still on Google Maps they still have the outline of the arena. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like on Google Maps, and I was like, is that what the is that the supposed to be the uh, what was it, Amway Arena? The Amway Arena, yeah. And I looked up like an aerial view, and I was like, wow, they just never took it off. That's so That's funny. That's so interesting. So the arena is where the park is right being built right now um but i mean it's creative village is going so exciting i think it's gonna be great they had a little pause for the pandemic and Mm -hmm. now they are just rolling rolling ahead yeah they got a lot coming in phase two and um the campus is open it's um logan is going there so i mean i think it's great because not only is ea moving in but the one of the majors at UCF one of the graduate programs is Florida Interactive or or FIEA um, Interactive Entertainment Academy it's all about video games Mm. I can't remember what the actual acronym is but um, it's a perfect pipeline yeah Um, so I think a big part of it is uh, the housing and those are the affordable housing i think is really important so i'm excited Absolutely. to see that coming um so yeah you should uh read that story to learn more about what's coming in phase two and you know what else is coming soon the um holocaust museum for hope and humanity mm-hmm. on the shores of lake ivanhoe um we've, we've written about it before and we actually talked some about the holocaust center in our last um our second to last podcast when you were here. Mm-hmm. And, but I found out about a really neat program that they are starting or they have started. Michelle Marin wrote an article about this in the November paper. They, um, the Holocaust folks that run the Holocaust Center realize that young people, um, they're very passionate about social issues, but they don't necessarily have the skills to engage, um, <clears throat> to try to, um, you know, deal with um, overcoming prejudice and bigotry in their communities and with their peers. Mm -hmm. And so they've started this program called the Take Action Institute. And they're partnering students with mentors from all over the world. And they their goal is to have 1500 participants and um again all over the world working together kind of to train these students on how to engage you know whether it's social media or just conversing with friends um and i just think that is an incredible program and is it uh centered on certain issues or anything like that or well obviously the you know it'll a big part of it will be educating students about you know, what happened with the Holocaust, Mm -hmm. right? And um, helping them understand that. And then also how today those types of, you know, sadly, that type of mentality is still here Um, and helping them, you know, it's hard because, you know, a lot of times young people, they, you can't just hard charge someone and, you know, get angry and just, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but well, I mean, high schoolers and middle schoolers are very are passionate about issues, but it, it's more of like how to deal with the passion that you have for certain issues and how to make a difference, right? And like how to talk to people in a way that actually might change them and impact mm-hmm. them and affect the way they think, rather than just, you know, you're bad, you shouldn't think that way. Mm-hmm. It's it's more, you know, how an adult would talk about something in a 
civilized conversation. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's an incredible program. And I wish there could be more of them. And hopefully this will just be the start of something pretty big. Is this, you said it was nation nationwide. Is this part of a worldwide? Is this mm-hmm. a part of um, a, like a nationwide thing where, or is it centered in Orlando? Or? So it was started here oh, by okay. the Holocaust um, Center. So to learn more about the Holocaust Center and the Take Action Institute, uh, make sure to check out the North Downtown section of the community paper. Yeah, and you can also visit takeactioninstitute.org to learn more about the program or enroll your student. If you have a high school student who you think might benefit, um, you can sign them up there. A lot of exciting things happening um, in North Downtown, South Downtown, Creative Village. Absolutely. And we love sharing all of this news with you. If you have any great ideas for us, things you'd like to learn more about, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit our website, yourcommunitypaper.com, and there's a contact us button. Get the community paper at one of our many pickup sites inside local businesses, or you can read it online at yourcommunitypaper.com. We also have a newsletter. It comes out each week. You can sign up for that on the website as well. Yeah. Yes. You can find us. We're everywhere. Everywhere. everywhere everywhere downtown and college park yeah yeah i mean everywhere on the world wide web as promised here's a song from cat ridgeway who's going to be one of the performers at the college park jazz fest on november 13th this song is called giving you up it's from her newest ep nice to meet you enjoy <laughs> i
Okay, I love that song. That was great. I can't wait for Jazz Fest. Yes. That's just one of 13 artists, right? 12, one I of think, 12 bands. artists. Yeah. So. It'll be a great night, November 13th. Hope to see you there. I'll be there. Me too. Thank you for listening to the Community Podcast. Did you like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and tell your friends and family to do the same. Stay up to date on the latest news from the Community Paper by visiting yourcommunitypaper.com and follow them on social media. The show is produced by Nick Jorgudio. Learn more about starting your own podcast by visiting orlandopodcasting.com. I hear Tommy really well. Okay. Tommy, can you hear us okay? I hear everyone well. Great. Tommy, can you hear me? Yes. Good. <laughs> well, we have our outro. Thank you for that, Debbie. <laughs> that was easy. Oh. I was going to ask uh, what your go-to karaoke song is. Do you know how long it's been since I've done karaoke? How long? Uh, a week? No. Two days? No. It's because I don't drink that much anymore. <laughs> you can, they kind of go together. You kind of um, have to oil the machinery with yeah. alcohol. Yeah, yeah you kind of do. So I would do corny songs like... Um, um, I have to imagine there's some journey in there. I was about to say like love ballads. I was going to say that mine's well, REO speed. I line. will tell you, I did get a standing ovation on a cruise doing, um, what's the song from Greece? Um, Summer Eleven. And this, it was, I did. And this 18 year old kid came up and sang the, John Travolta. Oh, okay. I was going to say that is a duet. Yeah. So yeah, it was, I would have, so had you done both voices, you would have got a standing ovation from me for sure. Yeah, that was fun. Wow. That's yeah. a good memory. I've yeah. never, ever got a standing ovation <laughs> for Wait, anything. Wait, so Tommy, yours is Ario Speedwagon. Keep on loving you. That is not from your I lifetime. I that era of like... None of his music is from oh, his lifetime. He's an old soul. But I yes. do dabble in some new music like Kanye West and okay Kid Cudi. Yay. Like, yay 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 now pardon me sorry Kanye I know he's listening yeah he's, <laughs> he's a big, a big fan of mine too um I was also just saying yay like yay yay